Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're chatting with Linda Benz. Linda is an accomplished energy coach and author. She's written seven self-help books. She's appeared on television, including her multiple appearances on Portland, Oregon's AM Northwest News Show, as well as radio, podcasts, and online summits. Being raised not to succeed, Linda discovered early on, you're rarely ready for what life brings. Now, where most people would let life's obstacles stop them, Linda seized this reoccurring lesson and transformed it into her life's work and passion. Linda, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here. So before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us just a little bit about you, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not working. Okay. Um, I'm originally from England. I moved to with my husband to the U.S. in 94 and uh, was originally living in um, St. Louis, Missouri. So we were there for 12 years and then we moved from there to Boise, Idaho. We were there for six years and then we moved again uh, to Portland, Oregon. We've been here about six years, uh, which is where we are now. And uh, I really love it here and I do hope we're not going to move again. Um, <laughs> What I love to do when I'm not working, I, uh, I love animals. I have uh, just one cat right now, and um, I love to go hiking, walking. I love playing tennis, uh, which is kind of funny because I was not uh, athletic at all growing up. I didn't learn until I was in my 30s, but uh, I love playing tennis. I do play competitively, and... Um, Oh, I do some knitting as well. So, yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's a lot of varied interests. That's really yes. cool. <laughs> now, everybody loves to be inspired by people's journey. So first off, we're going to focus on your business journey. So tell us a little bit about how long have you been coaching? What really got you interested in coaching as your profession? Well, I started my business when I was in St. Louis in 1997, and I originally started not as a coach, but I was a holistic health practitioner and feng shui consultant. And with holistic health, I, I specialized in nutrition. Um, and I, so I used to see people individually, and I used to go to people's homes and businesses and things like that. And I had no, you know, I, although I, I started it because, like many people, these were things that I learned about for myself. Um, I was learning about nutrition for myself, and then I became interested in feng shui. And I, I became so excited by what I learned, and I, I saw the transformational effects of, of these things, and I thought, I, I have to do something with this. And so I decided to start my own business. thing was I knew nothing whatsoever about starting a business. And as you mentioned, I had been raised not to succeed. <laughs> So, um, you know, the concept of me, you know, the idea when I was growing up was that the best you could hope for was to, you know, get married, have a couple of kids, and, and maybe you would get a, a fairly decent job, you know, that earned a bit of money. And that was it. It was really, you know, there were no expectations or encouragement or anything. So the idea of me starting a business was kind of very out there. And mm -hmm. 
So I felt very insecure about that part of it, but I was so passionate about what I was doing that I just felt I had to find a way. And so, you know, I, I talked to people, I studied as much as I could uh, about marketing, about sales, about, you know, business strategies, that kind of thing. And I literally did everything everybody told me I should be doing. You know, I, was, I wasn't just a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I was on the board. I was on committees. I was a member of two Chambers of Commerce. I was involved in networking groups. I even started my own. Mm. <laughs> All these things, you know, to, to really get my message out there. And the other thing about that was that the time in St. Louis, uh, in Missouri, they're really – the concept of holistic health or feng shui or talking about energy was so foreign to people that they had no idea what I was talking about. So I really it, I had to focus on education mm. and, you know, getting out there. And, and I used to be absolutely terrified of public speaking, but I had to do it. I just had to get up and do it because I realized if I wanted to be successful in any way, shape or form, I had to do that. So I kind of bumbled my way through it and, uh, you know, figured things out as I went along. Um, but it was that passion for what I was doing that really kept me going. Uh, but that's kind of how I got started. But over the years, it kind of evolved uh, from consultations uh, that I used to do into coaching because people, as we know, are often looking for a quick fix. Right. You know, it would be, well, okay, tell me where to hang the wind chime to fix my life, you know. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't, you know, just give people supplements to help them get out of bed in the morning. You know, they had to make life changes. And so I found that more and more my consultations were going in that direction and we had to get very much into a lot, a lot. I had to go a lot deeper with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't just, I, could, I know some some practitioners do, you know, they'll just come in and say, well, you need to move this furniture there and hang that crystal there and, you know, and that's it. And the person never knows why they're doing those things. They just were told to do them, you know, but I couldn't do that. So it was always a lot deeper for me and it kind of naturally evolved into uh, more, more kind of coaching. Mm. So let's talk a little bit more about that because I am not 100% sure what an energy coach is or what sort of services you provide. So let's talk about that a little. Well, energy, I mean, everything is energy. And so when somebody comes to me, and it doesn't matter where they're feeling challenged. And it could be, you know, a relationship issue. It could be a health issue. It could be finances or they may be stuck trying to sell their house or something. You know, what I do is look, look for what they're bringing to the situation. So I, I, in talking to them, let me share an example with you. Because mm-hmm. uh, what people think is the problem, as we know, as coaches, what they think is the problem is never the problem. So um, recently I had a lady who called me and she actually was wanting to, me to help her um, to be more disciplined and to be, she, she, she thought if she was just disciplined, uh, she would, uh, her business would be more successful. She was in a network marketing business. She'd been in it for about two years and she wasn't doing very well with it. But primarily she said it was because she was allowing herself to be distracted. So she wasn't doing the things that she knew she needed to be doing. So she had a lot of strategies and ideas of things she should be doing, but she wasn't doing them. 
And, and yet she was passionate about the business and she really wanted to be successful with it. So she thought if she just, you know, she said that maybe there's something about me that I'm just not disciplined enough. So, you know, what is that? So in terms of looking at it from the, the perspective of energy, I'm looking at, okay, so what energy is she bringing to this business? What's going on, you know, behind the scenes here? So in about five minutes of talking to her, it was really clear to me that she was not going to succeed in, in growing her business the way she was wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because if we look back to why she started her business, she actually started it because she has several children and many, many grandchildren, and she loves spending time with them. That was what she primarily wanted to do. So the idea behind starting this business so that she could work from home was to be able to give her more time to spend with her grandchildren. But the way she was trying to grow it, or that was exactly the opposite. It was going to do exactly the opposite. It hmm. was taking more of her time. So if I look at that energetically, it's like, well, no wonder you're resisting doing that. Um, it's because there's a part of you that knows you don't want that. That's not really what you want. So then we were able to talk about ways that she could grow her business that would actually give her more time to spend with her grandchildren. So how could she grow the business in such a way that she would be able to have more time? So when you, when you make that your focus, when you know this is what I really want, it wasn't just about growing the business. The primary goal was spending more time with the grandchildren. So I see that as the energy that she was bringing to what she was doing. So that's how I uh, look at it. And then I look at, well, how do we change that energy? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So you actually work with people then on life issues, on business issues. You don't, or do you strictly work with with one or the other? Anything. Gotcha. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of people trying to sell their home, you know, and I find, I figure out, okay, how are you still attached to the house that's not selling, you know, energetically? Uh How do we release that? (laughs) So do you find that you end up working with people for like just one particular issue and, and it's sort of a, a short contract that you're with them or, or do people like get started and they're like, oh, wait a minute, I need to, I need to clear this out too. And, and it ends up being like a longer term situation. Um, really both. Sometimes people just have a, what seems like a, a major issue, but really is something quite simple you know, something simple that they need to change or even just a change in their thinking. Mm. Um, but other times it can be, you know, everything's falling apart. What do I do? Right. Yeah, kind of thing. So that would definitely be long term. So you talked a lot about, you know, sort of the, the different different incarnations of your business and the way things sort of evolved. So can you tell us about maybe a disappointment or just a low point that you experienced when you were getting your business started? Well, um, yeah, I, it, it, there were low points when I was getting my business started in terms of you know, the business aspect in, in terms of I didn't really know what I should be doing. So I just kind of did everything mm-hmm. um, that everybody told, told me I should be doing. And that was very challenging sometimes because you know, I'm a very introverted person um and I so I had to force myself to go out and do a lot of things like speaking and networking and and doing a lot of these things so that that was very challenging but I think in terms of low points 
the biggest low point for me came, um, I think it was after I'd started my, well, after I moved from St. Louis to Boise. So that was about nine years after I started my business. And I realized at that time, first of all, that um, my business was very much relied on geographical area. So whereas I'd been reasonably successful in St. Louis, now I was in another state and I had to start over. And so I started doing the things that I'd done before that I knew had worked for me well Mm. there Mm -hmm. and nothing worked. Seriously, nothing worked. And I also realized I was, I was exhausted. I was really, really tired. And I, as hard as, you know, at first I thought, okay, I just have to work harder. I just have to do more. I just have to, you know, talk about, um, you know, taking a look at physician heal thyself kind of thing. <laughs> right. you know, I had to look at, I had to really step back and look at myself and my own energy and what energy I had been bringing um, to my own business. And I realized actually that what I had created for myself was a, a nightmare. <laughs> I, I realized that, you know, if I look back at why did I start my business, you know, like many people, it's because I was passionate about my message and I knew I could help people but also because I wanted the freedom that owning my own business could give me. I wanted to be able to choose my own clients, choose what I did, uh, choose my hours, that kind of thing. But the reality was I just created this nightmare situation where I was working all the time. I was doing a lot of things I didn't really necessarily enjoy doing, but I thought I had to be doing. And so that was, I felt a lot of shame with that, I think, it came from the concept of, well, you know, I'm not supposed to feel like this. I'm the one who helps other people. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can I be feeling this way? This isn't right. And, and so really I just had to, take, I, I had to take a couple of years and just step back and not only allow my body to recover, but to really dig deep and ask myself, what was I doing? What did I really want? And what, what did I want to create for myself? You know, just like the lady I talked about, you know, I, I think I had gone that direction of building the business and creating that nightmare situation for myself, and it wasn't what I wanted. So I really had to step back and and give myself some coaching and look at what it was I really wanted and then start to make really serious changes. Mm. So when you moved, after you kind of got your footing again how did you come back from that what did you do at that point to sort of get restarted well I first of all got really clear about what I wanted and what I didn't want you know even down to things like I used to do a lot of workshops and you know things that involved traveling here and there and uh, organizing venues and and while I enjoyed doing the workshops I realized you know I I don't like the organizing part of it I don't want to be organizing venues and and doing all this traveling and doing all these things. And so I asked myself, well, if I enjoy doing workshops and speaking, where would I like to do that? And then I realized, you know, I, I'd like to do that at, in nice places like retreats and spas and on cruises mm. and things like that. And so I started to, to look at those kinds of things. What things would I really like to do and what things did I want to not do anymore? And I really started to pay attention to my energy. When something felt good, that's what I wanted to go with. And when something didn't feel good, I got really good about saying no to people. And so really focusing on 
myself on my energy on what I wanted and whether something felt good or didn't feel good. Mm. And that was my barometer really. Um, and that's, that's how I made the shift. That's how I made the transition. And that's what really put me into more doing more coaching because I started working with people over the phone. I started doing teleseminars and webinars and those are great because I get to do my my teaching but I don't have to travel anywhere mm -hmm. and I don't have to organize venues you know and so really just paying attention to how things feel does something feel right to me or does it not and being very willing to turn something down if it doesn't feel right mm. so would you say that getting really clear on what you wanted to create and the ways you wanted to create it, was that sort of a tipping point in your business when you finally felt like you were getting momentum? Yes. And, and really, along with that, kind of giving myself permission to succeed on my own terms. Mm. And what I mean by that is that recognition that um, the way I do things doesn't have to be like the way anybody else does it. It doesn't have to be the same as somebody else. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It only has to feel good to me. And once I started with that kind of attitude, things really shifted in a dramatic way. I, I can honestly say I work a lot less now and I accomplish so much more mm. than I ever did before. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about something that you said earlier, and that was that you felt like you had to do a lot of things or that you ha you felt like mm. you had to follow what everyone else was saying you should do. So how, mm -hmm. do you, how do you discern what you should do? Because I know with a lot of new coaches, with a, with a lot of seasoned coaches – we're just getting so much stuff thrown at us. I mean, there, and everybody yeah. says this works and the next guy says, no, yeah. this works. And you start to think I have to do it all. I have to try it all at least. Right. And I, I did used to think that. And um, I, you know, I found the only way really is to, you know, when somebody's telling you something, um, first of all, see how it feels while they're telling you. Um, but I like to, you know, for me, I learn by doing something. So if, I, if somebody says, well, you have to join the, the local chamber of commerce, there's no other way, you know, it's, it's the only thing to do. Well, you know, that's what I did. That's what I did in St. Louis. And that's when I went to, to Idaho, that's one of the first things I did. I, I went to the local chamber of commerce. And I can honestly tell you, it never, ever felt right to me. I never felt good there. Not because they're not nice people or they're, you know, not doing great work. They are but it never felt right for me. And I would find myself sitting there going, why am I here? Why did I, you know, this, I, I always came away from those situations feeling disappointed. And then I would think, well, there's something wrong with me because everybody else is doing okay, you know, so it must be me. Um, those kinds of things. So what I've learned is that those things are not appropriate for me and that's okay. You know, so I, I see for me, I, tr I try some things. If somebody says, oh, you must be doing this, then I might try it and then I'll see how it feels. But I'm really sure now that if it doesn't feel good and I'm not enjoying it, then it's not mm. for me. And that's okay. And I think it's that giving yourself permission to to be, well, like I said, to, to have success on your own terms and to have your business look like what 
what is right for you and not necessarily what is right for anybody else. And for me particularly, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. And that's okay too. I don't need them to understand it. If it's working for me, that's all I need. So how do you discern between this doesn't feel right versus this doesn't feel right because I'm a little scared to do it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I think it's that, it's that self-analysis. You have to, I think it's so important to develop a really, especially as a coach, to develop a really deep level of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that. So, for example, once I, I decided I wanted to do cruises, so I, I started doing cruises, taking, well, the first thing I did was I, I learned all about how to become a guest lecturer mm -hmm. on a cruise, right? So, um, and, and even in the learning of that, there was a lot of aspects of that. There were kind of little red flags that were popping up for me that were saying, well, you really think you like doing this or, you know, you really think this is right for you. But I was so determined to do it, you know, and so, so I did it. And the interesting thing was, it's, it's a case of um, be careful what you ask for, <laughs> I think, because what I, I, the intention I set was that I wanted to be a guest lecturer on cruises. I didn't really specify what topics I wanted to do. So what I meant by that was that I wanted to teach my own right. topics. But... Um, I actually got an opportunity from Princess Cruises to do uh, to be a guest lecturer. They said, "Can you um, do uh, lectures on the destinations that we're going to?" And we were going to Mexico, and I looked at that and I thought, "Well, yes, I could do that. I could put some powerpoints together and you know do, talk about the the destinations and you know different things about Mexico. I can do that." Now, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Right? So I did it. I did it two years in a row and I, I realized first of all in doing that that somehow I'd got in the middle of some kind of there was this this these disagreements between what the cruise directors at head office wanted to do and what the cruise directors on the ship wanted to do and as the guest lecturer I was caught in the middle of that so that wasn't very nice and it was the whole experience it was it was enjoyable yet incredibly stressful <laughs> So after two years of that, I decided, okay, that's not what I want to do. So I want to take my own group on a cruise, and that would be much mm -hmm. more fun. So initially, I thought, I can't do this by myself. This is too big for me to do by myself. So I teamed up with a couple of other coaches, and uh, so we did the whole thing together. And uh, we, you know, we, it worked. We, we took a group on a cruise, and that was better but there were aspects of that that didn't sit well with me either. Mm. So, for example, I am very much about if we're going to do a, a workshop, we're going to start on time and we're going to end on time. And, yes, I know people will be late, and that's okay. They can catch up. But the people who made the effort to be there on time, I like to honor them and start on time. So the other coaches didn't agree with that, you know, so they would be saying things, oh, no, well, let's, let's wait another five minutes, you know, I'm sure they'll show up and, and all those kinds of things. And, and just things like that that made me a little uneasy that didn't sit well with mm -hmm. me. And so after that cruise, I decided, okay, well, now I know I can do it. And I also know that I want to do it by myself. I don't want to do it with other people. So the next couple cruises I did by myself. And that was much better. So that was the way I discovered I, that's how I wanted to do it. 
but as you see, that was <laughs> that was a lot of trial and error, <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, but that's the way I learn, and I think you know very often we look at an experience like that. I could have looked at my first cruise and said, "Well, that was a complete failure. I'm not doing that again." Right, but I knew I wanted to do it, but I just had to find the way that worked mm. best for me. So I want to ask a couple of questions about that. So did you ever get to a point where you were able to give the lectures on what you wanted to do? Yes, when I when I started taking my own groups. Okay, <laughs> but but as far as working with the cruise lines, is that a viable option for a coach, or should coaches realize that? If you can get onto a cruise ship, you're probably going to be giving a lecture on what they want you to give the lecture on. Uh, I, I, what I've learned is it depends on the cruise line. Ah, okay. <laughs> depends on the cruise line. So each one has different uh, ways and means of doing things. Right. So it's definitely something that if a coach is listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. That sounds awesome. It is something that people can look into. It's just something they need to be careful of and make sure that they find out everything going into it and, and check out all the different cruise lines to make sure you're not going in as a, as a health coach and then lecturing on Cozumel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And the other thing to realize is that, you know, if you're going as a guest lecturer, you, you're kind of in this limbo state of, well, I'm not a guest, mm -hmm. but I'm not exactly crew either. But they put you, they put you in the crew cabins. Um, so you'll be in a crew cabin. You won't be in a, in a you know, regular guest cabin. So if you're okay with that, it's all right. Um, I mean, you do get to go on a cruise for free, which is you know, very nice. But you are in this kind of limbo state. And, you know, every time I tried to get to my cabin, the crew would try and stop me, you know, because I, I, they thought I was a guest oh, trying to go down gotcha. to crew quarters. And I'd be saying, no, no, guest lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's all kinds of stuff like that, you know, little things. But, you know, so those, those kinds of things, when I realized, were not the kinds of things I wanted to be dealing with. Mm -hmm. But some people have no trouble with that whatsoever. Right. They just think, oh, free cruise. Yeah, I'm there. You know, so right. there's all there's all kinds of things. Yeah, that's that interesting. So did you get about. did you get paid as well as getting no. the free cruise? Okay, so it's just the yeah. opportunity to go on the cruise. That's uh, right. Okay, well that's that's <laughs> interesting. I've never heard of of any coaches doing that before. So that's definitely something something fun and new that we've never talked about. Now let's talk a little bit about. Making that decision to do the cruises yourself. So did you just like come up with an idea? These are going to be some topics. I'm going to do some workshops. I'm going to get a group together. We go on the cruise. We all have fun. We learn a little bit. So it's sort of a nice combination of being able to teach on your topic and then also be able to sort of combine that with some interesting uh, shore excursions and ports of call. Well, yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I really just um, decided how how best uh, how I wanted to do it and how what would be the best uh, fit for the people I was going to take. So, what you do is you you find the cruise you want to do. So you'll pick your destination. I, I usually did the Caribbean because mm -hmm. those were seven day cruises, so it wasn't too long. Um, and that, those usually involve three days of sailing, so three full days at sea. And so those are the days that I would do the workshops. Mm, mm -hmm. And so I would just do them in the morning. We would have the morning workshop, and then they would have the afternoon um, to themselves. And the reason I wanted to do it was because, especially when 
when I'm teaching the kinds of things I'm teaching, it's really deep introspective stuff. It, it can be very, you know, it's very intense. And I really wanted to, um, to be able to do it in an environment where the participants were away from their everyday life. So they wouldn't get sucked back into, you know, the everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. And also the idea that, okay, you, you, take in this bit of information within these few hours and then you go off and play, that was a a very good environment, a very good way for everything to sink in. Mm. And it was just wonderful. People had just amazing breakthroughs um, in just a, you know, a very short period of time in just a week. And so it was just something I'd always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just put it together in the way that I felt was best for my clients and the way that, that worked best for me. Nice. So when you do something like that is, is the goal to, again, just get your own cruise paid for, or is it sort of like you, you make sure that you charge enough so that you are earning money as well as going on the cruise. Ideally, you both. Yeah. Yes, yeah. ideally both. So you 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 want to make enough so that your cruise is paid for, and that you also make some money as well. Nice. So yeah, that's the goal. So is this something that you're still doing, or have you moved on to other things? <laughs> I haven't done it for a couple of years. I am going to do it again. Um, so what I what I'm waiting for until the right person shows up to do the organising of them, because <laughs> there's even though. I work with a travel agent um, who who deals with the, the cruise stuff and you know and, and people's booking of cabins and all that. There's a lot of organizational stuff that goes into it, and you know that's part of the piece that I don't really enjoy doing anymore. So I I want somebody to take on that organizational piece for me, so I can focus exclusively on the workshops and things, and not have to deal with oh, who's coming to, you know, dinner on this day and who's, <laughs> what cabin is this person in and what flight are they on? You know, I, I don't want to get into all that. All right. so, um, so when that person shows up, I'll start doing them again. So we got way off topic and I, and I kind of, I mean, which I love, I love talking about all this different stuff, especially things that I've never, I've never talked to people about before. And you started off saying that you were wanting to do the cruises. You did do the cruises. You mentioned something about retreats. Have you done that yet? I have. Yes. Um, I've done uh, a handful of retreats. I always enjoy doing those. Again, it's that, um, it's that kind of environment where people are more relaxed. They're away from their everyday uh, life and, and, so I think the what I'm teaching has a lot more impact. Mm-hmm. So do you feel that given the type of coaching that you do, do you think that the cruises and the retreats, that they maybe lend themselves more to your niche? Or do you think that any coach could a, you know, could a business coach take, you know, uh, some of their folks on a cruise and, and have that be a really successful endeavor. Oh, most definitely. I think anybody, anybody could. Um, I think it's a, a great environment no matter what you're teaching. Um, it just, you know, it's particularly important for what I do, I think. You know, I, I can always remember when I used to be teaching feng shui workshops, for example, and I'd be in some hotel room with no windows and fluorescent lighting and all the things I'm telling people you don't want you know we're there in this room and so it was it just never felt good and so that's why that's one reason why I decided you know I want environments that feel good that are energetically 
supporting people mm. because I'm talking about energy. So the energy needs to be supportive in the environment where I am. So Right. So yeah. what are you most excited about creating next in your business? <laughs> well, what I'm most excited about right now is I've, um, I've started an online school. Now, I've been doing online courses for a, a long time, but I... What I'm excited about now is that I think the technology is there. They have the platforms where you can set up a school and have everything in one place. Mm. Whereas before you had to have all these different pieces of technology and trying to kind of pull it all together. And um, that's what I used to do. And it was very time consuming. It was very, uh, it's a lot of hard work and, and made me have to learn a lot of technical stuff that I didn't really want to learn but had to if I wanted to do it that way so what I'm excited about now is that there are platforms where it's very easy to set up a school and so I've done that and I'm I'm starting to take a lot of the material that I've been doing all of these years and putting it into courses and I'm really enjoying that right now. We've talked about quite a few different things so online courses doing workshops, doing cruises, doing retreats. Talk to us about how are you generating revenue in your business right now? Are those the main ways or are there other things that you're doing also? Well, I've scaled back on most things because I've been putting most of my energy into um, creating these courses. Mm-hmm. But I've got one course that's, that's going right now, so that one. But I also have uh, mastermind groups. Hmm. Um, and I have a couple of groups that have been going for, well, one's been going for over two years and the other one's probably a year and a half. Wow. Um, and these are groups where I, I never tell people, okay, you have to sign up for a minimum of six months or anything like that. I just say, you know, you can leave at any point. Um, whenever, it, if it doesn't feel right for you anymore, then feel, feel free to leave. But they don't want to leave. <laughs> so, but um, so I really enjoy these groups. It's kind of like a group coaching sessions, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I have two of those groups running at the moment and we meet twice a month by phone. And it's just so nice because we have people not only from all over the U.S., but um, one person's just moved now to India, but she's still participating. And it's just so nice that you can have people in, in so many different locations. And they, they really become connected to each other and they are so dedicated to each other's success i i just love to see that um so that and that's a very nice way of generating regular income i really enjoy doing those because you know it's monthly income like i said they could leave at any point mm. but they just never want to <laughs> do you find that when you create these masterminds do you do you bring everybody in at once or are you continuing to add people or and have people fall off regularly? Um, when I start a group, I bring in everybody mm. at once. Um, I've just had, so uh, one of my groups, the, the one that's been going the longest, so there was one person who'd been in it for a couple of years and we all agreed that time was right for her to move on. So she did leave and we brought another new person into the group. Everybody agreed uh, that we would do that. But it's very much a case of I've got to find the right person to fit in with the group. Right. Um, the energy has to, be, has to be right. So I, you know, I don't, it's not a case of people coming in and out. Um, I like to keep the, the groups together as much as possible. So how many people do you usually have in a mastermind? Um, I usually have up to 10 in a group. 
Um, I don't like to do more than that because um, I like each person to really feel that they are uh, getting as much attention as they need right. each time. Right. So it sounds like not only you've been in business for quite a while, but you're also doing quite a few different things to generate revenue. What would you say is your favorite way, your favorite like marketing strategy to really introduce brand new people into the things that you offer? Well, again, you know, there's been a lot of trial and error over the years. And what I have found, the strategies I have found that work the best for me are um, speaking. So presentations, um, webinars, uh, doing interviews like this, um, writing articles, anything where I'm, I, you know, people need mm -hmm. to get to know me. You know, I, I found that just putting an ad or, you know, putting something, um, you know, doing a Facebook ad or something like that is not, you know, people need to engage or I need to engage with people. And um, when I do that, then that's, that's the way I've mm -hmm. been able to get clients. So for people that are just starting out, most often they're not going to feel comfortable jumping in and, well, or they're going to find that it just doesn't work to jump in and try to do everything, try to do all things at once. What would be, what did you start with? Or what would be your suggestion for someone who's just getting started? What would be one of those strategies that, that you think someone who's brand new could get into fairly easily? Well, first of all, don't do what I did because I did jump <laughs> into everything all at once when I started. Um, well, it really depends. You know, if you like to write, uh, I would suggest writing articles. I think that's a great way. Um, you can get articles published uh, on LinkedIn. You can put articles on, um, you could be a guest, uh, do a guest blog post on somebody's blog. You know, there's a lot of people looking for, for guest articles if you like to write. If you don't like to write, um, if you love to teach, I would suggest um, doing workshops or, or webinars, something like that. Um, sometimes people are kind of intimidated by the technology mm -hmm. uh, for webinars and teleseminars. But, there, are, you know, you could do a teleseminar. There, there are free conference lines. Just uh, get one of those and you can record it. And um, that, that's a really easy way to get started. Um, for some people, networking works. You know, a lot of people I know are very successful with networking, just going out, meeting people, being seen. If that feels comfortable to you, then do that. But, you know, what I would say is find one thing and stick with that. Mm -hmm. And then you can always add something else later. Right. Uh, the mistake, uh, as I know only too well, is to think, oh, my gosh, I have to do all of these things. Right. And try to do them all. And then you won't do any of them well. And then as well... I would assume that not giving it enough time might also be something yes. that people need to be aware of. You can't necessarily expect to, to let's just take writing because it was your first example. You can't expect to write two or three articles and then all of a sudden that's going to be all you need to do. You're, you're going to have to oh, stick well, with no. it and, and plan yes. to, to commit to doing this as a strategy for a period of time yeah. Before you can really decide, is this going to, to produce any results yeah, for me? Yeah, don't expect immediate results. I mean, it really isn't going to happen. And I think particularly for coaches, because coaching is, a, is an intimate relationship. You know, people need to know who you are, and they need to feel comfortable with you, and they need to, to get a sense that you're the right person for mm -hmm. them. 
And that takes time. And so it's very much about relationship building, being seen, being visible, being out there in the way that feels most comfortable to you, I would say. But you're right. You've got to stick with it. You, you can't just do it for a couple of weeks and then complain because you haven't got any clients. You know, you've got to keep at it. Right. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would be the first thing that someone should do? Or is there anything that you wish you had focused on first when you were just getting started? Um, I think what I wish I had done in the beginning is trust myself. Mm. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't trust myself. I trusted everybody but me. Um, because you, only you know what is right for you, right? It's the same for all of us. Nobody can, you know, people can give you advice. People can tell you what's worked for them. But because it's worked for somebody else does not necessarily mean it will work for you. So you have to know yourself better than anybody else. Only you can do that. So that's the one, the one thing I wish I'd got to sooner was trusting myself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's no harm in trying things, particularly if they seem interesting to you. Give it a try, but don't just go after every single thing just because someone says this will work. Right. And also don't think that because you try something and it doesn't work out the way you expected that it's necessarily a failure. You know, like my first cruise experience, that was, you know, not what I really wanted. But I didn't think of it as a complete failure. I thought, okay, so that I, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it mm -hmm. in that way. So how, how can I adjust? And, and I think that's the same with, with whatever you do. Don't immediately think, well, it's not working. Tweak it. You know, if it still feels good to you, you know, it's not having the results that I wanted yet. So is there a way that I could, you know, adjust what I'm doing a little bit, but still you know, build on what mm. you're doing? Don't just give it up thinking that it's failing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That. That's great advice. You know, Linda, this has been really good. And we have explored some topics that I've never talked with another coach about. So I really, <laughs> I have really enjoyed that aspect of this so much. And I would love it if we could finish up with the final five rapid fire questions. Okay. So what's one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? I would say managing my energy instead of managing my time. What's one quality that you think every successful coach needs to spend some time developing? The deepest level of self-awareness. You have to know yourself really, really well. Recommend one book that's had a big impact, either on your business or your life. I'm going to say The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. I'm going to say my latest one, which is um, Teachable, teachable.com. And that's the platform for school, an online school. Nice. That's the one you're using. Yes. And finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to know more about the school, if they want to know more about the energy coaching that you do? How do they get in touch? Well, um, you can always email me and it's linda at lindabins.com, which is pretty easy. But also have a gift for anybody who's listening who, you know, if you're struggling and you're getting to that place of feeling overwhelmed, I, there's a little uh, program I put together for my clients um, and it's called the Emotional Relief Program. And it's when you're in that any kind of stressed out state and you're not sure what to do, it's just six very quick steps it takes you through to help you really analyze what's going on, figure it out, and move 
beyond the feeling. So if you would like to take advantage of that, um, the website is powerfulbreakthroughs.com, all one word, powerfulbreakthroughs.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. You're very welcome to that. Perfect. Well, I'll be sure to get all of those links and the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been a really great conversation. Linda, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really had a good time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.